0: If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. I want to read uh, a portion here of what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, a church that he started, and uh, I want to take our text today from this uh, passage, Philippians 3, verse 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. Lord. I want to share this with you in a little different translation. The New Living Translation says it this way. I do not mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. I'm pressing on to the end of the race. I'm gonna keep running to the end of the race. Amen. Anybody determined today to make it all the way to the end? Amen. Let's give the Lord praise today as we enter His Word. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Oh, Lord, we're determined. Amen. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I'm not perfect yet either. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. In the name of the Lord, I title this message today, I Press On. I Press on. Say that with me. I press on. Here we are at the end of 2017, and I would, I would probably not really have to be very careful to say that many of you, if not all of you, had to press through uh, situations this year, this past year. You had to just keep on keeping on. There were things that happened that you just had to just press on through. Amen. Whether they were physical, financial, or emotional, uh, spiritual, whatever they may have been, we all have times where we have to say, I haven't made it yet, but I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep pressing on to possess what God wants me to possess. So today, this sermon, because it is the last Sunday of 2017, God has been good to us as a people. God's been good to each of us as families and God's been good to you personally. Somebody say amen. And he deserves our praise for being good to us and, and bringing us through. Now, I have lived long enough and I know there were days in my life where you lived either, uh, you, you, you weren't in your own shoes at that moment. You were either back somewhere uh, in the past, or you were living already somewhere in the distant future. Uh, you weren't in your shoe leather at that moment. You were either pining or, uh, or regretful or, or wishing uh, of the past, or you were expecting or hoping or even fearful of what might happen in the future. But uh, I have dedicated myself to live in my shoes at that moment. I can't do anything about the past and God only controls the future. Uh, I'm blessed right now. Now now I know I've lost loved ones, I've battled physical uh, situations, my family's battled physical situations, there's been financial situations, there's been spiritual situations, but you know what, if I take inventory of right now, God's been good to me. I woke up this morning I I woke up in a heated house. i got a roof over my head. I've eaten way too much. (laughs) God's blessed me. And if I just stand right here in my shoes right now, I don't have any reason to be sad. I don't have any reason to be depressed. God's been good. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. God's been good. And so, I guess as we take... Paul's writing to the church of Philippi, I guess he says basically the same thing. The sermon of Paul is divided into three different thoughts, past, present, and future. And Paul deals with all of those. And I think it's appropriate on this Sunday that we examine this. So let me begin with the present. Everybody say the present. In fact, at the time of the writing, Paul was a seasoned well established child of God. He had he had accomplished a lot of things, but we find at the present, in the present moment, Paul examines where he is presently, and he says, I have not achieved those things, or that I, I, I want you to know that I have not achieved or reached perfection as of yet. He made it a statement this way I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I'm already perfect. He's writing to a church he established. We could examine a lot of things about this passage in Paul, or that Paul writes in Philippians, and one of them would be our expectations of others expecting them to be perfect or expecting them to be something that we may not be as of yet. Paul burst their bubble. He said, I want you to know, I'm not there yet. And there are a lot of people that if other people don't continue to have this air of perfection, they say, well, if they're not going to do it, then why should I do it? I think it's very important that we understand we're going to answer to God for ourselves, And the Bible tells me that if my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. It has nothing to do with the track record of those around me. I'm not being faithful because others have proven themselves. I'm faithful because the Lord wants me to be faithful. The Lord desires for me to be faithful. I'm not in church today because others are going to be here and they may wonder. No, I'm here because I'm supposed to be here. I'm here out of obedience and love for the Lord. That's that's what I think it's all about. And Paul said, I want you to know, I, I haven't made it yet. In the present state, I like what Paul, the tenor of what Paul is saying, though. He doesn't say, I'm not perfect, so oh well, I might as well quit trying. No, that's not the statement he makes. He says, in the present. I'm not where I want to be. I have not gotten a hold of what has got a hold of me. I wish I could do justice to what has saved me, Paul said. But after all that I've done, I still haven't made it yet. I'm still striving. I think that's very important to press on in the present. Everybody say press on in the present. Somebody say press on in the present. I think it's very important that we not say, well, I've tried and I just might as well give up. Well, I did that once, I might as well. I prayed a lot one time and that didn't do me any good. In fact, it did me worse. The devil just started fighting me and, and I started having war in my life. I want to tell you what, friend, Paul said, I'm not perfect, but I'm not giving up. <laughs> I'm going to press on even though I've accomplished great things through the Lord. I'm going to keep on pressing on. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord today. Amen. This is the the final word of one of the greatest Christians that ever lived. Spoken in the face of death. Uh, And and there's there's an air of satisfaction. There's an air of, I'm still pressing on, but yet there's an air of satisfaction in what Paul is saying. Now, I want you to understand that wherever there are individuals that try to live and work together, where it's at a job or in a church setting, and for this sake of this uh, sermon today, it's in a church setting, uh, where people are gathered together in this kind of function, uh, there there has to be a forgiving and tolerant attitude that is required because nobody is Nobody, it it is impossible for somebody to be totally right. Now I know you husbands want your wife to think you're right all the time. And you wives, you know, maybe you you want to say preach it, Pastor. Maybe it has nothing to do, maybe your wife thinks she's right all the time. Who knows? You know, maybe we ought to start helping little young ladies across the street instead of the old ladies. Maybe the old ladies don't need the help, Sister Carolyn. Isn't that right? So maybe it's not the guys that think they're right all the maybe, time. Maybe all of us think that. In certain ways, we got we got it all figured out. But I want all of us to recognize that we all see things partially. Paul said, "We see now through a glass, darkly." We don't. None of us by ourselves understand all things. So I need others to help me come to new revelation and new truth. I need somebody to show me a brand new view that I've been missing. Somebody say, "Amen." So, this is in this whole complicated uh, business of life. Everybody say life, and it does get complicated. Uh, I, I've noticed this rather vague line between what is temporal and what is eternal. And living for just what is here and living for the moment, there is a fine line, and it it can get blurry sometimes between living for what's here and the glory of eternal life. I want to be alive unto God. I want my life to count for him. None of this other stuff matters. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so at any given moment, our life is what we are alive to. What are you alive to at this moment? And as we examine 2017, we have to say with Paul, there's a present, there's a past, and there's a future. And Paul said, presently, I have not arrived, but I haven't given up either. I'm pressing on. I want to encourage somebody. I mentioned it Wednesday night. If you were not here, please listen to the podcast. But I think at any given moment of our life, I think it's very important that we are living for eternal things. if we dissect any moment of our lives, that we are living for eternal things. I found the shortest biography in the Word of God and is contained in a sentence in Genesis 5 and 27. And it says this, in all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. That's the shortest biography that's ever been written. In all his 969 years, he never did anything that seemed worth remembering. Oh God, help us in 2018 to do one thing that can be remembered. And I think that's very important that we focus, folks, I don't want to run off on a tangent here, but, but uh, we, we are one of the most distracted generations that's ever existed. Uh, we have so many inputs that we live distracted lives. I, I, I think it's very important uh, the, not losing the art of focus on something. David said one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. That's a very important verse because it says you really seek after one thing. You can't seek after 50 things. It's impossible. There's one thing that you go after and that's what you seek after. And David said, one thing have I desired and that will I seek. And his was that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I'm not gonna spend my existence building buildings and and, and raising cows and raising kids and when it's all said and done, I have nothing to show for it. I'm gonna give my life to something that matters somebody say amen and plenty of people had shorter span than Methuselah and had a lot more possibilities and did a lot more with their lives Methuselah lived 969 years and all it says was he died man nobody could get up and say you know he started an organization he influenced a generation no he just lived and then he died I'm about to say amen. Amen. Our whole civilization tends to confine our lives by its obsession with the satisfaction of producing things that perish. We are infatuated, obsessed with things that perish. Hello? (laughs) In fact... Uh, just take your phone, your iPhone, your digital device for a moment. We are obsessed with things that are perishing. I heard uh, on the news this weekend, I was listening to the news early in the morning, and and uh, there's $200 billion that's been invested in what they're calling... Uh, uh, it's not digital and I can't remember the exact word but basically it's it's moving toward a cashless society digital transactions no cash 200 billion dollars had been invested in technology to move us toward and and Bitcoin is it, you know it's kind of a flourishing thing a lot of people investing in Bitcoin but then there's this 200 billion dollars has been invested and it's a global uh, uh, surge toward and, and as I begin to hear that uh, I, my ears per up and I just began to hear uh, uh, in my spirit. I, I just felt like the Lord's coming soon. I just, I just see us moving toward things that we read in the Bible years ago, and here they are happening right before our eyes. I don't think we ought to get distracted with things that are perishing. I don't think we ought to get obsessed with things that are not going to last for eternity, like the rich man. Uh, we can be guilty of what is said in Luke chapter 12 about him. He tore down his barns to build bigger barns, and the disturbing whisper of his soul was, You were a fool because tonight, tonight your soul will be required of you. I want us in the present to not be so obsessed with the things that do not matter. I'm pressing on in my present. I'm not going to get distracted by what somebody's put on their Instagram. I'm not going to get distracted by what somebody's put on their I could care less. I'm not going to get distracted in this present hour. Oh, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. My Lord. Help me keep my focus. Oh, not only in present presence, said, I hadn't made it, but I'm not giving up. I'm still striving. He deals with the past. Everybody say the past. And I want you to listen closely, and I'm not going to take a lot of time, but this is very, very important. And from his own words, uh, he must have had uh, the past in mind when he said in Philippians 3.13, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Everybody say forgetting those things. Verse 13 in another translation says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I want us to examine for a moment what he must, he might have and probably must have been talking about. What was Paul saying that he had to forget? Well, in Acts 9 and 1, I find where this man was the persecutor of the church. I'm sure he had to forget that. In fact, he did things to the church ignorantly. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 4, he actually found out that he was not only persecuting the church, he was persecuting the Lord. I wonder how many days he heard that voice ringing in his ears that he heard on the Damascus Road where the Lord Jesus, giving him that revelation, said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? I wonder if he ever felt like he had a debt, that he had persecuted the Lord and his church, and he felt like, you know, I don't know if I can ever redo that. I don't know if I can ever replay that. I don't know if I can ever take that back. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? And so possibly this is what Paul had to forget not only that, but once he was saved in Acts 15, we find where he had a disagreement, a, a rather a bad relationship with a man by the name of Barnabas. Maybe that's what he needed to forget. And we find out later in his writings there's some there's some evidence that that, that relationship might have moved toward being repaired. And, and so that's something Paul probably had to forget. Galatians 2 tells us that Paul, by his own words, said that he stood up up against peter and they had this heated theological difference and so what are the things that he had to struggle with in his past that that he just had to forget he could not he could not go back and redo it but he said i've got to if i'm going to press on i've got to forget what's behind me somebody say amen. amen now god had been good to paul to help him to forget i want to tell you god can help you forget as well But not being the point of this message, other things I think we need to understand that he had to forget also. He had to forget certain things that most of us like to refer to and count on to take us through. Think about this now. Not only did he forget the bad stuff, but if he's going to press, he's got to forget the stuff that he would count on. I mean, one thing at the time of this writing in Philippians where he says, if I'm going to make it, I've got to forget those things that are behind. If I'm not going to let not being perfect get a, If I'm going to sit here and say I'm not perfect, but yet I don't want to lose that desire to strive. He said there's things I've got to forget. And one of them, he had been preaching the gospel for over 30 years at the time of the writing of Philippians. Maybe he had to forget that he was a 30-year-old preacher, so to speak. And, you know, 30-year-old preachers probably think they've studied all the scripture and they've figured out all the answers. But Paul said, if I'm going to press, if I'm going to make it, i got to forget what's behind me. I cannot tuck it in. No, you're not, you're not here. I cannot put it on cruise and say, well, I've done this long enough. No, I'm preaching to some old saints of God right now in this room that I'm coming to this pulpit to say in 2018, you need to forget some old things. And they may not necessarily be bad things. They may be things that are keeping you from pressing. Well, I used to give, I used to pray, I used to fast, I used to teach Sunday school, I used to drive the church bus, I used to be an usher, I used to do all these. Yeah, and, and that's the stuff that keeps you from pressing. Paul said, I had to forget, I've been preaching 30 years, I won't press if I don't forget. 2 Corinthians 11 says he suffered for the cause of Christ. Now listen to that, listen to that. The Bible tells us, count it all joy. When we suffer for Christ's sake, but Paul says in Second Corinthians 11 that he had suffered and he tells us we shouldn't do it begrudgingly, but maybe suffering is what he had to forget. Maybe we elevate some things in our lives that we don't realize they are keeping us from pressing on. We say, well, I've suffered for the Lord. I'm just gonna accept this or accept that and I'm just suffering for Christ's sake. Well, wait a minute. There are things that you have to forget if you're gonna press on for what God has for you. What is the pastor saying today? I'm saying everyone from this pulpit to that back wall, you haven't made it yet either. If Paul hadn't made it, then you haven't made it. Then why are you not pressing? Pressing. I'm not talking about coming to church. I'm talking about pressing. Oh my, it gets quiet, doesn't it? That's all right, I guess. 2 Corinthians 12 tells us that Paul had great revelations. 2 Corinthians 12 also tells us he was caught up to the third heaven. Caught up to the third heaven. Try this on for size. Here's a message for you. Here's the thought. Here's something for you to think about since you got to get up and take a picture of what you're having for breakfast and tell all your 454 friends. We need to know that you had scrambled eggs with cheese in them. We need to know now that you're headed to the mall with all your your people and and you know what stores you're going to go to. You know you got to keep us constantly updated because we're sitting home waiting on your update. I'm wasting time waiting to find out what you're doing. Some of you I wonder if you even get up. You probably wonder if I get up because I don't I don't take a picture and put it on Instagram, what I'm having for breakfast. Some of you think I fast all the whole time because I don't update you on what I'm eating. You're going to keep waiting. I won't tell you why, because we we are reading today. How many, you know, I want to be like Jesus. Anybody want to be like Jesus? I wonder if we really do, because I think a good start would be just being like Paul. How many want to be like Paul? I mean, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, didn't he? How I many would like to be like Paul? If you start being like Paul, you might be a little more like Jesus. And Paul was caught up to the third heaven and when he described this event, have you noticed that he didn't even tell you who it was? He said, I don't know whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't even know who it was exactly, but it, you know, this is what happened to him. They went to heaven and let me tell you what they experienced. You know what he said? He didn't say I saw this and I saw that. He said, no, what I experienced was so glorious. Words would destroy it. He said, I'm not even going to begin to tell you. Now, how many of us, we're going to tweet our latest thought, we're going to tweet our latest revelation, we're going to get up and get quoted the day because we got to keep up with everybody else. How, how much glory are we losing because we're trivializing glorious moments? Is anybody hearing me? Paul said, I went up to the third heaven. I don't know if any of us have been there. But Paul said, you know what? It was so glorious. I can't even tell you who it was. and don't want to talk any about it. But just know it happened to somebody. I I think to press on, there are some things we need to relegate to privacy in our lives. That this is between me and God. And I trivialize it when I put it out there for everybody to devour. Everybody say amen. Paul said there are great revelations that I had to forget. I caught up to the third heaven. How many of us could say there's a moment in my life when I really had an encounter with God? We all do. But Paul said if I'm going to keep going, I've got to forget that. Is, is everybody okay? Okay. Yeah, I don't know how much would have happened if the Acts 2 account and the disciples and the 120 gathered on the day of Pentecost if... After that happened, they kept going back to that upper room and saying, "Whoa! didn't we have a time last week? Wow, we got a touch from God. And they just kept living in that moment. No, they had to leave from there. And in fact, eventually persecution arose so that they would scatter. God wanted them to spread out. I don't want you going back every week to something that happened ten weeks ago. I want you to have a new experience in God. This is what I'm saying, church. It's time to press on. And to do that, we must forget where we've been even spiritually. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. And I'm just about to close and I just about call the piano player to the music, but that would be me, so I guess I could take my little iPad and go to the piano. But I'm so focused, I can't do two things at once. I've even got to preach or play. So I'll preach on. Paul said, I, in the present, I haven't arrived, but I'm pressing. I'm not gonna give up because I haven't attained perfection. And then he said, I have to forget those things which are behind. And then he said, the reason I forget is to press toward the mark He says it this way. I press on to reach the end of the race. I'm pressing on to reach the end of the race. He said it about the past. He said, you know, I count it all as lost. In one other word, he he called it dung. Refuse. He said, if I'm going to keep reaching Uh, toward the end of the race. I've got to count all this stuff behind me. I think it'd be good for us to do that on the last Sunday of 2017 and say, you know what? I can't change anything that's happened back there, but I'm not going to let it keep me from reaching the end of the race either. Oh, You know, there's something rising up in me and saying, you know what? Doesn't matter what happened in my family. Doesn't matter what happened with my job. I know things weren't the way I wanted them in last year, but I'm not gonna let it keep me from reaching the end of the race. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord right now. I press on to reach the end of the race. Just because I'm not perfect, I'm not going to let that keep me from pressing on to the end of the race. Just because the past, whether it's bad or spiritually good, I'm not going to live there. I'm not going to let those things keep me from reaching the end of the race. So I'm not there yet. I'm going to forget what's behind me so that I might attain. I want to hear him say, well done. I want to break across the finish line in victory. I want to go where he is and where he prepared a place for me that I might dwell with him for eternity. Friend, I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. And I pray in 2018, the apostolic church would press on, that we individually would press on Oh, lift your hands and love the Lord right. Lord, give me strength. Lord, give me grace in the time of need. Lord, help me, Lord, to recognize my need right now in the present. To forget those things that are behind so that I might press to reach the end of the race. I want to ask you a question. I remember when I got the Holy Ghost. i Man, if I just start thinking about it for a few seconds, I remember how powerful of an encounter I had with the Lord. Man, it changed my direction. I wonder how many here would say, Preacher, I remember that encounter with the Lord also. I remember when the Lord filled me with his spirit. Yeah, well, let me ask you something. Have you ever, here we are, at the end of 2017, have you ever in your life felt like, you know, I've got about as much as what laid a hold of me back there initially? I wonder if you could ask yourself, what got a hold of me in that moment right now, I feel like, you know, I probably got as much as what, no, uh-uh. I'll tell you right now, what got a hold of me that evening in that baptismal tank. I don't know if I could ever get a hold of that completely. There was so much power, so much forgiveness, so much mercy, so much thankfulness. I'm telling you right now, I didn't want to leave that moment. I didn't want to leave that moment. And And if that's the case, then we are always first laid hold of by more than we have already made on our own. I preach as many years as I preach, pastor this church wonderfully, and and that you've wonderfully allowed me to pastor, I I have to tell you that what got a hold of me on that evening in a baptismal tank, I've got more to get a hold of. I've got more to do. I've got more to press for. If that's the way it is to live in the Spirit, then I don't want to waste one service. I want that again and again and again. Oh, where is our desire? Where is our pressing? Where is our hunger for what first laid a hold of us? Paul never forgot it. and Like Moses of old, he's writing the book of Deuteronomy. In fact, the book of Deuteronomy is his exit address to Israel. You read it. It's his final remarks to his beloved people and countless times through that book of Deuteronomy he keeps referring to a moment of all the things uh, Moses had experienced in his life. He has multiple references in the closing of the book of Deuteronomy to a bush, to a bush. He says, you know what, I remember the moment God spoke to me and the bush burned, but it wasn't consumed. He's an old man now, and he's watched the children of Israel be fed heaven's food. He's watched their clothes grow on their bodies. He's watched water, water come out of a rock to sustain them and their livestock. He's seen great and mighty miracles, but he keeps going back to that moment where God got a hold of him. And he says, you know what? What got a hold of me in the first place is much bigger than all that I've seen and all that I've done. Church, we can't get satisfied. We can't get to the place where we say, well, we believe the right doctrine and, and we believe who Jesus is and we believe in the new birth. No, we've got to have a desire to press on. And Paul said, I'm not going to let my past nor my present keep me from pressing to the end of the race. I'm going on. I'm going on. I want more. I want more. I want more revival. I want to see Salem experience the power of God. Do I have any takers here? Do I have any takers here? Oh, come on, let's praise the Lord. Oh, give the Lord a good hand clap right now. He's worthy. I close with everything he had experienced. Paul said there's still a goal to gain. I'm pressing to the end of the race. I want to tell you, your new birth experience wasn't your ticket punch to to the rapture train. And now you're just buckled in waiting on that moment when he takes you out of here. No, you're going to be lost if that's what you think. Anybody here today? Listen, Paul said, I've got a continuous conviction that there's more to be gained. I'm reaching for more. I've been to the third heaven, but I'm not going to let that keep me from going to prayer meeting. <laughs> I've heard things that are I can't even utter, utter to other people, but that doesn't make me too big for my britches. I'm going to keep on pressing. Keep on praying. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm not going to get satisfied or lulled to sleep. In fact, there are some that consider closed morality. Uh, maybe that's the, the thing that they consider to be the way to live, which which always looks for a place to stop. They, it's a rich young ruler that says. Uh, What must I do to be saved? And the Lord tells you what you need to do and you say, oh, that's good, I've done all that so I can stop. See, closed morality is always looking for a place they can stop pressing. Well, I've done all that, I wear all this, I prayed that and I experienced that so check, 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 closed morality says now I can stop But an open morality says there's got to be a greater expression of what I've received. What got a hold of me needs to be expressed in a greater way. I'm not going to miss a chance to glorify the one that got a hold of me. I'm not going to miss a chance to praise the one who got a hold of me. I'm not going to miss an opportunity to sing to the one that got a hold of me so many years ago. In fact, We never see this more evident than in the answer to the question of the disciples to the Lord. Who is my neighbor? Jesus answered with the story of the good Samaritan. Don't you ever forget it. Who is your neighbor was answered by a story. And the story was there was a Levite on his way to the temple and he passed by. There was a priest on his way to the temple and he passed by but there was a Samaritan. See, the first two were trained in rules, but didn't know what to do with a wounded man. The first two were going about their religious duty, but didn't know how to help a man who was broken. I want to press past all that I've been trained in. Paul said, I was a doctor of the law. I had to count all that loss because if I start counting on that, I'll quit pressing. I'll get comfortable. I'll sit through church board. Preach to me something I haven't heard before. Well, you're 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 in bad shape because there ain't anything you probably hadn't heard before. You've ate so much from the table of the Lord. We got to get to the place where we say, Lord, I'm not going to let what's behind me or what's in my present keep me from pressing to the end of the race. So it is with us today. The goal is still before us. I've not made it yet. You've not made it yet. So why not let's press on. Let's pray like we've never prayed. Let's witness like we've never witnessed. Let's worship like we've never worshiped. Let's let's keep on moving in our goal to reach the end of the race. There's a crown that's still to be won. I don't know if you've noticed it. I don't have my crown yet. Maybe that's what we ought to title this service, uh, this sermon. You don't have your crown yet. So why are you quitting? Why are you stopping? Why are you not running the race? No, I hadn't made it, but bless God, 2018 will be here in a few hours. Let it find me pressing for the crown. I wonder if there's anybody in this room that says, Pastor, I'm going to make it. I'm going to keep on pressing for the crown. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. I know none of this matters, none of this matters. Yeah, you you probably freak out when, Pastor says, you know, don't get discouraged. Come on, straighten up. Come on, get with it. Come on. Monday Monday, January the 1st. Tomorrow. There'll be four football teams that were selected to play in a quarterfinal for the college football championship for 2017. Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. Huh? None of those cats got there by sitting on the couch eating potato chips. Not one of them. I want to tell you something else. You're not going to hear him say well done by sitting on the couch and eating potato chips either. You're running a race also. And Paul said if they run that way to receive an earthly prize, you better bet your bootsies, whatever those are, I think they go on your feet. But you need to bet your bootsies that anybody that's going to make it to heaven better be running just like those folks that are running Monday on the football field. I better be pressing. In fact, they interviewed some of the Clemson players and they found out that the coach, the coach, uh, Dabo Sweeney, uh, they said, "Oh yeah, he's all about details. He's all about de- All about you know the little things. In fact, uh, when, when, if they haven't, they have a nutritionist that tells them what to eat." Is anybody hearing me? They have a nutritionist that says don't eat this and this is what you need to eat and they plan their meals uh, weeks before they, you know, even in game week on a regular season and especially going into a championship and the coach was reported as getting up and getting on to his players who had been sneaking out and getting food they shouldn't have been getting and eating. Listen, if you want to win the crown... You better watch what you put in your system. Now, if he will do that for an earthly prize, what should we be doing? Uh, How should we be pressing? I don't know about you, but you better get rid of your distractions. You better say, Lord, don't let me get distracted with temporal things. These things do not matter, and they'll do it for an earthly crown. I've come to serve notice to whoever's listening. I'm going to keep on pressing. There's a crown to be won. I haven't made it, so I'm going to keep on keeping on. Listen. There are a lot of things you're going to forget. Some of you are so bound by something that happened in the past, you're never going to get the crown by looking behind you. You've got you to gotta forget that. You got, well, I can't forget. Well, you need to ask God to help you because you're not going to press for the goal until you let go of the past and the present. All of us would say, I haven't arrived yet. So then quit living like you've got a tiara on your head. I know you're God's chosen people. I know you've been given his name and his word and his spirit. Those are precious things. But you haven't made it yet. Let he that thinketh he stand take heed, lest he fall. In other words, you're not at the end of the race yet. So keep on pressing. Keep on pressing. Somebody stand with me right now. Let's just reach up and love the Lord right now. Would you do that? Lord, I I praise you. I worship you today, Jesus. I praise you right now. I praise you right now. Help us, Lord. Lord, help us. The past is behind us. The future is before us. Our salvation depends on our future devotion to God, future dedication to him. Come on right now. Reach over and connect with somebody. Reach over and pray for a saint of God beside you. Come on. This is a wonderful church, wonderful body of believers. Come on right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on.